we are growing wheat more competitively than the Canadian prairies. We're producing more varieties of cheese than the French. And we are selling tea to China. Yorkshire tea. When it comes to British food and drink, we have never had it so good. But as well as exporting our fantastic food abroad, I want to see us eating more British food here in Britain. At the moment, we import two-thirds of all of our apples. We import nine-tenths of all of our pears. We import two-thirds of our cheese. That is a disgrace. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Hello everyone, welcome back to Leftover. This is Arjun. And I'm Rory. Uh, eating imported apples and pears and cheese, was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Disgracefully. <laughs> Disgracefully. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it is It is in fact the new year, first episode of 2022. We are indeed in the future. Uh, and, and that future, future consists of people being able to buy what looked like discarded Gorillaz album covers for like shitloads of money uh, in, in, with a made up currency that's mined by supercomputers that are destroying the planet. I think that's that's really like the, the future that, that I think we all envisioned when we watched the Jetsons. Um, but uh, it is it is not just, uh, you know, uh, the, the future that we're living in, but, but we're also living in um, by now the second year, the third year, in fact, of, of Boris Johnson's uh, time as, as prime minister of the united kingdom and uh, it's been a it's been a turbulent two years to say the least marked by mostly by uh the pandemic of course but also a string of scandals which just you know just keep on coming <laughs> and uh and and we maybe you know after some of the some of the bombshells that have dropped in uh in december namely of course a very illicit uh, Christmas Zoom quiz <laughs> held in Downing Street. Maybe we are seeing the end uh, of this particular government. So to discuss, you know, all of this, the the, the past two years of, of of Boris Johnson and, and and the Tories, as well as what the future might hold, and and who the next Prime Minister might possibly be. Very special guest, Associate Editor of Tribune Magazine, Marcus Barnett. Thanks so much for joining. How are you doing? Hello, how's it going? You're right. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Very good. Looking forward to to talking about this. I think there's uh, there's there's plenty to plenty to discuss. I would say. Right. I mean, would you really say that this 
Christmas party is going to be the thing that brings down this, this Johnson government and not, you know, like the 150,000 people that have died from COVID or like literally any of the other absurd fucking scandals that have happened during this time. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things though, isn't it? You know, there's always a, there's always a tipping point. Yeah. You know, Britain, if Britain is a man, it'd be the sort of man uh, which doesn't really react that much to uh, to, to a lot. But like once it goes over the edge, you can't pull it back from it. And I, I, I do, yeah, I do kind of feel like that's happened now with the, the party and stuff. You know, Britain is is the mass shooter as a country. <laughs> as a country, we care a lot more again about FOMO than we do about like your grandparents dying. That is, it, it's something very personal to most people in this country. <laughs> but it's 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 kind of ridiculous, isn't it? How it's just like the journalists flicked a switch and suddenly it became okay overnight to start attacking the government, to start actually doing some basic journalism. And like these allegations, these stories about the Christmas party, obviously a whole year it had uh, waited to come out. And I mean, obviously everyone knew, every single lobby journalist, <laughs> every single insider knew about all of this. It was just... They felt like they couldn't. Uh, they 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 need the green light in order to go forward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing watching that kind of uh, that switch go, right? Yeah, yeah. Just watching it's like watching old dialogue shit like that's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, almost happening in real time. When you look at Allegra Stratton, obviously the the one who was caught on video joking about the party. Like when you look at how connected she is, she embodies this kind of culture this kind of like uh rotating door between politics and the media like her husband is james Forsyth, <laughs> the, the times and spectator guy she worked at itv obviously Newsnight on the bbc i think she was at the guardian so i mean like she knows everyone like all her friends every like her entire circle would be you know, pretty much every single m major outlet in this country and they would have all known about this and had been sitting on it it's just it's just a case of like knowing your the where the boundaries are for the media in this country. It's it's very much a clique, um, and like I said, it it came to a point where it's you know Johnson has now become disposable. Not obviously the party are going to be in government for a very long time, but it, it's it's now become acceptable to start thinking about other people. Uh, taking over and I'm sure we'll discuss the candidates uh, later. Yeah, definitely. And and I mean, something that's, that's always interesting when shit like this happens as well is like, it makes you think of how many other much more serious pieces of information journalists are actually sitting on. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and of course, you know, like it is just a, it is just a massive game at the end of the day. And uh, yeah. it's just, a, it's just a matter of um, kind of hedging your bets on the right horse essentially, you know, when, yeah. when, when the time comes. The reason why the, the party kind of fell in line behind Johnson so much, even though, even sort of around 2016, 17, it was still pretty split around Brexit, uh, yeah. you know, but by the time 2019 rolled around, the you know, the entire party had like very much unified around like a very hard Brexit stance and around sort of Johnson's 
you know, vision of politics, which is if he has a vision of politics, he doesn't have a vision of politics. He's a fucking opportunist. He will just do whatever the fuck he, he can to further his own career. And he absolutely hates the job of being prime minister. That much is, <laughs> is very, very obvious. So I think if he actually is let go, <laughs> I think I think he's going to be personally probably quite grateful because it's just going to... Oh, yeah, this would be a blessing for him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like that's like of all the comparisons that people draw between him and Trump, like that is probably the most salient is is just yeah. how much they both absolutely hate yeah i think so the he, he just thinks this whole thing is beneath him exactly <laughs> it's just totally beneath him <laughs> like he, he wanted to win but then like once you're there you're like well like it, this actually requires doing shit you know like like you know in, in all of his other posts and especially like in his like telegraph and like in his days as a journalist or whatever, like he could literally, it's, it's, he's nicking a fucking living, right? You're not actually having to do any real work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it must, it must be real shock to him. Yeah. I mean, was he not, um, was he not writing this book about uh, Winston Churchill <laughs> in wartime cabinet? Yeah, yeah, he, it was called the Churchill Factor. Yeah, it was like a bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't quite live up to that. <laughs> but, I mean, he's he's doing this when he's running a country. It's just like, oh, <laughs> I mean, come on, man, this is you now. You've got to fucking step up and do stuff, you know. I think I think he changed a lot when he almost died of COVID uh, in 2020. It's um. I think he came to this realization that, like, I'm a very rich and privileged man. I don't need to be doing this. Yeah. I could be, you know, lying on a beach somewhere. <laughs> obviously, you can't. You like it, it. It would have been very awkward to leave at that time. That was pretty much the only time you couldn't just walk away from the job. It's uh, it, yeah. There was like a period of like six months where he just he looked like he had fucking death in his yeah. eyes. You know, like he'd, he'd yeah, gone on the other end. He looked and like come shit. Back, you know? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like he'd like he'd been in the world between life and death, and he was fucking freaked out. And you could tell that, like in his private moments, he was a little bit more fucking—I wouldn't say philosophical—but you could tell he was thinking about stuff. And like, I think I think the old the old you know worst Boris has come back now. But you could tell for a period he looked like he was going to fucking die. <laughs> also, he had to slow it down a bit. He's only had like what, like four kids. So he's had to tone down he's the shagging. He's had to tone down the shagging. He's had to, yeah, he's had to tone <laughs> yeah, down the shagging. Shagger. A bit. Exactly. Such <laughs> <laughs> a full on shagging in the lockdown, man. He's in hospital for about a fifth of that time. Yeah, that is properly hardcore. Like almost dying and having two kids. In two I mean, years. I mean, okay, okay, okay. Let's let's get a couple of things out of the way. He did not have two kids. Those are not babies. I don't care what anyone says. Those are bundles of, of blankets. Those are someone else's child. Those are uh, quite a maybe like a a, a, a relatively. Um, realistic looking doll I don't fucking know but those are not babies <laughs> like especially the second one are you kidding me did you see pictures of, of Carrie Simons at, at uh, COP she was not pregnant yeah, are, you, are yeah. you kidding me like are you telling me that like she was nine <laughs> months pregnant at COP like she looked like just <laughs> like she just looked like she normally does like she <laughs> did not look like a heavily pregnant woman I know that it, it's not always that obvious but come on there are like there's there's limits all right and like it's just it's 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 incredible to me you know that like anytime any anything like remotely approaching a scandal sort of like comes boris's way he just like runs to the back and just grabs this 
bundle of blankets and comes back out and says, hey, look, here's a baby. <laughs> and then, and then the, the, the press goes, oh, what's his favourite colour? You know, and it's just, it's, it's really pathetic, except this time they're not actually doing that. This time they, the press seem to have, yeah, like, like you know, we've, we've been saying, the, the consensus switch definitely seems to have turned. It seems very much a, a matter of, when rather than if, uh, you know, that the, the, the Johnson does eventually step down. I think a, a big uh, reason for that is I think now Starmer has sufficiently proved that he's not going to drastically change anything about the economy <laughs> or about political life in this country. You know, he's established the fact that it's going to be very much a, a new Labour government. He's brought all the ghouls back, like Peter Mandelson. David you know, Blunkett. Like, you know, Blunk Blunk, yeah, Blair's back in the Lords yep. as well, which he, oh he fully God. supports. Sir, so I think Sir, Sir Anthony like, like, Blair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think like the Tories are in a position where they can relax a bit and they're 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 happy to to jig things around a little bit. And the thing is about the, the Tory party, it is very hierarchical. And obviously at the very top are the donors. And no, I don't think any personality ever uh, it ever rises to the top and, and becomes, you know, untouchable. Uh, probably not to, like in the Labour Party, I think, like Blair, certainly he, he got to a position where he, he owned the entire party. I don't think that could happen with the Tories. Like, like they, there's such a culture of regicide and sort of... Uh, you know, uh, stabbing people in the back. Oh yeah. So it's 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 always just around the corner, and I I feel like yeah, they 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 now feel comfortable. I think probably towards the end of this year, I think they'll they'll start to move on him. You wonder what the alternative is, though, don't you? It's it's not it's not immediately obvious. Well, um, so Rishi Sunak, uh, Liz Truss, Pretty Patel, Michael Gove. <laughs> in, a, in a very <laughs> in, a, in a very sort of comical divorced move uh going for a, <laughs> for a leadership bit that would be very funny in a sort of cocaine fueled binge uh just deciding lads i got this you know? <laughs> but, but, but um yeah i mean when it when it comes to uh you know, like like you were saying, uh, Keir Starmer sort of establishing himself as definitely not Jeremy Corbyn. You know, and I think that like yeah. the, the the whole establishment and the entire press needed like this this like two full years to kind of like really be yeah. reassured that like this is not you know like this guy will actually get rid of all, the entire left in this party and like yeah. the only meaningful thing he's done basically since he's become Labour leader. Well, like He's not like, even the wait. left now. He's attacking. He, he's attacking uh, Sadiq Khan at the moment, kind of like undermine. Like it's, is it, he's so he, he's run out of leftists. He's moving to sort of the soft right of the party. It's now. great. It's great. <laughs> Sadiq Khan is too brown anyway. It it doesn't resonate. It doesn't po doesn't poll well with the red wall. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, try, have, you, have you tried telling Sadiq Khan's name to an average voter in Bolsover? Have, have you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, um, yeah, no, this is, of course, in reference to the fact that Sadiq Khan has made announcements that cannabis will be decriminalised in certain parts of London, I believe. Uh, uh, small possession. Is that right? Is it, is it only certain parts? Or it might be the whole of London. But it, it's just like, yeah. It's just one warning, though. So, I mean, it's not decriminalization. Yeah, yeah, It's literally yeah. just, like, cannabis. That, that's it. So, I mean, exactly. it's, you know, very... That that's how it works in places like Scotland. They've basically just it's like we're not gonna prosecute things on, like on, cannabis on a scale of which... on a on a scale of like progressive drug policy. It is about like the bare like yeah. the very minimum least like that you could possibly yeah. do, and even that is like yeah, it's... just two two <laughs> steps too far for Keir Starmer, who has <laughs> gone on record. What well, what did he say again? I mean, it was great. Uh, I I actually need to pull up the quote. On the drugs legislation, I've said a number of times, and I will say it again, I'm not in favour of us changing the law on decriminalisation. I am very clear about that. (laughs) I've seen the details of the proposal that you've reported on. As I understand, it is very early measures. It's some sort of pilot. We'll look at those. But I'm very clear that we're not in favour of changing the drug laws. Um, Yeah, Mr. Mr. Human Rights Lawyer. Mr. Former um, Head of the CPS. Of course, I mean, it's, it's not really surprising. That, that he ends up being a massive cop. Oh, of course not. <laughs> as, as late as September, he was supporting like initiatives to at least kind of tone down drug prosecution. So he says, like, I've always been clear upon that. Well, he, he just hasn't at all. It's just the he keeps doing these weird U-turns and not explaining them in any way. Oh, but then, <laughs> but then uh, <laughs> insisting that he's still holding to his 10 pledges anyway yeah you know (laughs) even though he's basically gone back on every single one of them by now and and by now labor do have a lead but absolutely no absolutely nothing that Keir Starmer has done you know on his own you know uh and and of course you know you have the same usual pundit brains coming out and saying you know this 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 Matthew Stadlin fucking idiot uh you know and and people of his intellectual ilk coming out and saying this this man looking like like a prime minister in waiting (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) the the adults are back in charge (laughs) and like they just have like four fucking catchphrases and they just like go on repeat it's incredible (laughs) (laughs) from from the end of last year you you started to see starmer's party specifically rachel reeves start to really frank uh, flank the tories from the right on certain issues they started you know uh, like criticizing criticizing them for being a high tax party and obviously their their tax increases are terrible the way they they're increasing national insurance, which just puts the burden on the poorest, wage, young yeah. wage earners and not owners of capital, not people with savings, not inheritance or anything like that. But, you, you know, they're, they're not saying things like that. They're just saying, you know, the Tory are a high tax party now. Yeah. And, you know, like all the, all the same kind of right wing tropes and buzzwords about inflation and security, that sort of thing. We don't have a magic money tree. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of stuff. It's so fucking regressive too, because Labour were nowhere to be found with the um the proposed changes to uh, uh second earnings for graduates. Did you see this? No, I didn't. Oh, so there's going to be some new tax that comes in. I think in right. April. Um, it was detailed a while ago now, and it essentially says that if you work a second job and you've graduated from university, uh-huh. 
and you haven't paid back your um your student loan, uh, then that's fifty percent gone off you. Jesus, so it's like wildly regressive, you know. Hell. And it's just because like who, like who on earth is like least likely to vote Tory in this yeah. country, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, just pile People on. Got screwed into debt back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, like, well, where the fuck is the Labour Party there though? But you that's know? the thing. No, they're, they're completely found. uninterested in actually. You know, it's it's just for them. It's just so. It's just purely ideological at this point, and and the ideology yeah. is is an anti ideology. You know, it's a, it's an it's an ideology yeah. of just opposing anything and everything that the Corbyn years could have stood for. And yeah. uh, you know, so like if that means you know progressive taxation. We, we can't be in favor of that if that means uh, you know like progressive stances on race and and uh, international politics we, we can't you know we can't be endorsing on any of those things that's why you have like fucking lucy powell saying shit like i'm not woke but i'm not anti-woke either um i'm just kind of fairly ordinary i will absolutely sort of cry my eyes out at strictly come dancing where a deaf woman wins it and a same-sex couple are runners-up I think that was a fantastic kind of illustration where woke and anti-woke meet. You have well, like what's the, <laughs> what's the anti-woke? Which, which is which is the woke and the unwoke? Know. On that, I don't I know. Is the deaf woman anti-woke? I don't get it. Yeah, like, I really don't. <laughs> so I presume, I presume the, the I, I guess it's analogous to like uh, uh, strictly come dancing. Yeah, normal, exactly. Disabled people strange, <laughs> and therefore anti-woke. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> I, I think something. I, that, I guess that's that, like, but, but that's the thing. I mean, like that. This is, and 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 this is you know like. Something that would have probably been like focus group to death, you know, like like her even yeah. making a statement oh, like this. Do you know what I mean? Like this is, you know, like this is exactly what they've decided, you know, thanks to consultants that they've paid like shitloads of money to and probably some unholy algorithms that they're like <laughs> relying <laughs> on to make their policy decisions for them. You know, they've decided like this is what's going to resonate with the voters in Lee. And like this is exactly what we need to do. You know? <laughs> Like, yeah, obviously there there's a lot of focus grouping and, yeah, algorithms and stuff like that. But then at the same time, he's he, he's willing to take, like, these really unpopular positions, like, you know, endorsing Tony Blair for a knighthood. Like, any <laughs> poll would, tell, would show you he's about as popular as, like, Ebola within, like, normal people of this country. And they, they do it anyway, because it's, it's, it's mainly ideological. Yeah, like, they've got a lot of wonks and stuff with their... Uh, their charts and whatnot, but they're, they're generally following uh, an ideology. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, of, and yeah. of course, like today, Starmer was all the more vindicated after the Colston four <laughs> were, of course, um, all acquitted, uh, which is a, a yes. great piece of news, uh, which just sort of yeah. broke the timeline just before we started recording. So none of the four people who were... Uh, being um, charged for vandalism or whatever, I, I guess, for topping the statue of, uh, of Edward Colston back in summer last... Well, summer, summer 2020, not even last year yes. anymore. Yes. They've all been acquitted. Like they're, they're all, They've all been found not guilty. Um, and, of course, very famously, Starmer said that, uh, that, that he doesn't uh, endorse their actions. I mean, of course, he couldn't say that he endorses their actions, but, in fact, he, he very much uh, condemned their actions and said that this is not the way to, to deal with these matters. You know, as, as time and time again, Starmer is, you know, like just just keeps on showing himself to be on the right side of history, uh, and and uh... <laughs> yeah. So there's sort of like a, a smugness at the moment now that Labour have got this really precarious yeah. lead, but it's 
it's purely based on dissatisfaction with mm. Boris Johnson. Yeah, it's you know all of his attacks. Uh, they're not they're not really corrosive to the Tory Party as an institution. They're purely yeah. just attacks on on Boris Johnson. You've seen a lot exactly. of like kind of whimsical shit like in really insincere stuff like do you remember like over the whole apartments corruption it was a corruption scandal but then you know they they sort of like by repeatedly calling it sleaze and exactly. doing the whole like charade like buying um wallpaper and stuff like that i think it's, it's very kind of reductive to a to a sort of just weird personal beef uh, between him and Johnson, and it's not—it's very short-sighted. Didn't he challenge? Didn't he challenge Johnson to push-ups? <laughs> That's such a Johnson, Biden move. He challenged Johnson to do push-ups <laughs> at the like at, in Parliament. I'm pretty sure about this. <laughs> like I, I am, I am pretty sure I'm remembering this correctly. He, like mm-hmm. guy, like <laughs> yeah, no, he did. He, he was like a, it was a contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it was definitely a BQ. Yeah. He, he was like, you gonna, he was like, you gonna come back on next week. And yeah, 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 mate. Exactly. I can't can you. It's like. This, Jesus Christ, the guy was in hospital in intensive care two weeks ago. You know, shame, man. I actually respect that, to be fair. <laughs> I want to see more of that. Yeah, that's just him copying Biden, though, isn't it? He's just looking at, like, this, this really cool old guy in America, like, with severe dementia, just, like, threatening to fight everyone, just to think, yeah, I've got to have a piece of that. That's how I get on top. <laughs> Yeah, I guess when you're essentially nothing, you can just prove your vitality by making totally arbitrary fucking uh, <laughs> physical defense on other I mean, <laughs> yeah, like weirdly, like jo- Johnson is like definitely a bit of an alpha, you know, at least within within Parliament. Like he <laughs> definitely like presents himself. Oh, we were saying earlier, he's a, he's a top. Yeah, shagger. exactly. You know, like he, he very much presents himself as that. You know, so I think like Keir Starmer is trying to. I trying don't know. To I that. think he's. <laughs> I think he's very unhealthy. Like apparently he drinks so much. Johnson, and obviously, like he. he... He almost died of COVID last year as well. I mean that. I mean, th- yeah, he had gout. I, I heard he had gout. <laughs> he had gout, <laughs> which, which, which is the most fucking believable shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, apparently that was one of the main oh, worries. Oh god. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, the guy, I mean, the guy he, he probably takes a stupendous amount of cocaine as well, Boris Johnson. Yeah, like, yeah. so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't imagine. Yeah, I'm sure his internal system is I, fucking. Yeah, I, I don't imagine that he has a particularly healthy constitution, but regardless, I, I think that, you know, his, at least within the within the realms of like whatever monstrosities happen in, in, in Parliament, <laughs> you know, like he is considered like, yeah, like a bit of an alpha, you know, like, I mean, he's he's a bit of a, yeah, like a shagger. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, so, <laughs> yeah, and you can see all of these, all of these kind of like horrible fucking Tory whelps. You can really, you can really imagine how they look up to him. Like Laura Koonsberg, like falling over herself, like talking to him, you know, like you can just see it. Like, I mean, it's just. It's it's very bizarre, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> yeah he yeah he, he was definitely like fucking very very like uh, bullish and aggressive yeah. and like yeah re- like relatively yeah. funny in his whole yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you know? exactly 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 <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of those guys that's the only um, real social time they had in their yeah. lives like those three years at yeah, Oxbridge yeah, yeah. and yeah. like that is them forever and they will <laughs> always 
Like that memory of Boris Johnson being like the fucking the top dog exactly. in the world is like always going to be with him. He's exactly that guy, and he's stayed that same guy his entire life, basically. You know, like <laughs> he is that Bullington boy. You know, like <laughs> and, uh, and and you, like he always has that like that slight smirk on his face, right? That like he's just been like caught doing something that he yeah he fucking know he knows exactly no <laughs> and, and like genuinely like a lot of people will see that and find that charming like there is a reason why you know like he endeared to a lot of people even like long before uh he he became pm uh you know like people love that shit i i, I think it's yeah. gross but but people fucking love that shit and, and it's like i think also people really don't realize like how calculated a lot of that stuff is Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, this is the thing with Johnson being like this figure who's like, you know, like um, when he became the leader, the left made a really big effort about highlighting all of his like most, you know, the, the most grotesque things yeah. he said, uh, the moments in his yeah, writing and yeah. his journalism where he was the most racist, yeah. the most yeah. bigoted, uh, you know, etc. But like that was never going to do it. If anything, as you said, it was just going to, you know, endear him exactly. way more to yeah. people because he's the... Um, he That's got, he's what like people the, are voting know, for. Embodiment of like letting he lets you yeah. off, doesn't he? His existence lets you off when exactly. you do shit stuff. Exactly. But you know, sometimes you don't want people who are better than you in power. You want people who are worse <laughs> than you. Yeah. And but like the the thing is, where if people do get tired of it and his popularity shrinks, like it seems to be doing now, but like he could turn it around. All all the Tories have to do is just swap him out. Like this corruption scandal. There's thousands of like the vicar's daughters, like Theresa May, who could potentially take his place. Like you know, the sort of like cleaner than clean types. And you know, like if if the incompetence and just being a bit of an idiot gets to him, I mean, they just have pretty much everyone coming out of PPE in Oxford and Cambridge, like the biggest nerds possible. Like that, you're not gonna win a kind of technocratic fight with the Tories they do have this they they have like incredible human resources at their disposal yeah, yeah. yeah the the only the only way you can can beat them is just political through, through an ideological difference with actual them. opposition like ideologically exactly yeah <laughs> and not being like not being the same thing in many ways actually worse and then saying at least we're not the Tories you know, like, that's just, that's not really going to cut it. And, like, that's exactly what, uh, you know, I would say that 2015 to 19 actually showed. But these people are, like, obviously not willing to learn those lessons. But yeah. I, I just, uh, in the in the doc, I made, like, a, a brief list of some of the some of the scandals that have just plagued Johnson's time as prime minister. Because, uh, like I was saying, you know, like, his, his, his tenure as prime minister has been largely marked by COVID, obviously. Like, that, like, we went into lockdown. Too late, but we went into lockdown. Um, what it would have been four, four months, four or five months into his uh, prime ministership. Obviously, that brings its own, you know, load of, of of baggage with it. But but alongside that as well, there's, I mean, just generally speaking, I mean, the whole herd immunity strategy and going into lockdown way yeah. too late, which ended up with the death toll of like one hundred and fifty thousand at least. Um, 37 billion pounds to Serco for test and trace, which like one of the most expensive projects ever. I mean, to, to this third party outsourcing company and like where the fuck half that money went, we don't really know. Uh, Matt Hancock handing out PPE contracts to just like his like random pub landlords and whatnot. Uh, Matt Hancock finally actually getting the sack uh, after an affair 
which, <laughs> in which she gets like um, particularly handsy uh, in the in the CCTV footage, which is leaked. The whole shit with Jennifer R. Curie, that that whole saga. Then um, Robert Jenrick and Richard Desmond. Robert Jenrick basically having to come out and publicly say that you know he has been, uh, you know, he had to, to to publicly plead guilty of corruption. They faced absolutely no consequences, stayed an MP, and then in fact was sent to Liverpool to lead the task force against corruption. Okay. So. <laughs> amazing, amazing stuff. Um, what yeah. a country. <laughs> Just, um, <laughs> like I said as well, uh, had two babies, which were definitely not babies. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then just like some other shit as well, like Charlie Elphick. So like some of his, like some of the shit that's happened to like some of his MPs as well, like Charlie Elphick actually being sentenced for sexual assault. Yeah, um, exactly. David Amos being murdered in 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 uh, what was it like two or three months ago? Um, yeah, jeez. Exactly. Owen Patterson, you know, being implicated in the whole second jobs scandal, which led to the whole sleaze row and whatnot, and that 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 whole debate about second jobs, which also revealed the fact that uh, Corbyn actually stopped Starmer from getting a second job while, while he was leader, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which may or may not have contributed to his like long-standing bitterness towards him, and obviously uh, as as well all all the all the Dominic Cummings uh, fiasco that just like kept on sort of following the the Tory party like like what what I what I wanted to say earlier like I, I don't know if you remember from like a few years back I think it would have been like 2017 maybe 2017 uh, 18 around the like the peak of like Game of Thrones hype um <laughs> and like it was when like all the pro- promo material was coming out I think it would have been for like season 6 or 7 or something like that Metro newspaper ran this front page and it was like a double fold front page so like actually it was like a wrap you know and it co- it copied the Game of Thrones promo stuff, basically, but it changed all the faces to, like, the Tory politicians, like Michael Gove and whatnot, and Theresa May. Uh, and, and it was, like, what a Game of Thrones and whatnot. And, and I mean, it was unbelievably cringe and horrible, obviously. But uh, the bottom line is that, like, like, the Tories very much are about that. You know, like, especially when they're in power, they don't give a shit. Like, they're opportunists and careerists to the hilt, and they, they always will be. That's, like, the obvious like outcome of the ideology the political ideology that they believe in you know yeah <laughs> it's like look out for number one hey like what what did you fucking expect when push comes to shove you know like when it comes to time to like an election or whatever they will put their differences aside and and get the results that, that they need but yeah like especially like in times when they are in power like it's just constant backstabbing and constant just power power plays with one another and and yeah like like you were saying you know like up up until recently you know people like the the tories generally seem to like hedge their bets on johnson because it seemed like okay like this this is the ideological direction and you know like that liberal center is gone you know so like we need to go veer further to the right essentially you know like people are not you know happy with that third wave politics and and even the sort of conservatives with a smile that David Cameron sort of represented, you know? Um, And and so that's why also, like, kind of moving on to the second part of the discussion, looking at some of the potential, you know, successors to to Johnson, uh, you know, like when you look at his his cabinet, 
Like a lot of these people were like people that were elected for the first time as MPs in 2010. Um, and they were like on the right of the Tory party. Like so so like they considered like the coalition government, the 2010 coalition government to like be too soft, basically. <laughs> they, yeah. They considered like austerity to like not have gone nearly far enough. And like these are all the people that are actually in charge of the of the Tories right now and that's very much the direction that the party seems to be seems to be going in you know so yeah I think I think that is probably a good chance to like look at some of these uh, potential people that, uh, that that might be taking over after Johnson yeah well the the first is is obviously Rishi Sunak I mean like like Liz Truss I mean he, he has just been completely elevated by by Boris Johnson there's mm-hmm. sort of a it's very unwise to kind of promote your potential successes because I mean he really came from nothing didn't he sooner but yeah recently like his his instincts are Thatcherite he is economically to the right of Boris Johnson even though like he's less of a of a culture warrior he's obviously he's not he's not a white guy he's exactly. sort of more down with the kids I guess um, I don't know about that have you ever seen that clip of him talking to those school children about how much he likes Mexican coke yeah yeah <laughs> He's, he's, <laughs> he's also extremely insecure about his height, which is funny, isn't he? Like, it's like they basically, in order to make him look taller, they basically hired like fucking Stanley Kubrick on the camera every time. He's like messing with the cinematography. It's very Full perspective shots. You're going to make him large. <laughs> they, they just give him like an, an extra small uh, red briefcase for the budget. You know, so he looks bigger when he's holding it. <laughs> it's also especially unfortunate because like in a lot of those pictures taken outside Downing Street he's like in the middle of like the picture so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've, I've ever seen him side the forest Boris yeah it, it's very guy, hard to find him just kind of standing side by side with known figures yeah. they're quite they're smart about it yeah that's probably it's probably quite conscious yeah isn't it? definitely no it's definitely conscious yeah and I mean like he his Wife's family are billionaires, aren't they? Um, oh my god! Like some, like his father-in-law is one of the richest men in India and yeah. uh, owns Infosys, yeah. which is like this tech company. And uh, yeah, so like I mean, Rishi Sunak is is very rich himself, having come from the world of banking. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. but but his wife is like like beyond rich i mean like wealthy wealthy you know like top not point not 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 one percent kind of thing you know like yeah yeah and 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 so like obviously like it's um you know like so so when you say like he came from nothing as well like i mean like the guy is just like like if he if he does end up in a in an even bigger position of power obviously like he's in a he's in a pretty powerful position right now but even if he ends up in an even bigger position of power i mean i i fail to see how his father-in-law won't see that as a way to, you know, have some sort of influence somewhere, you know, because like men who have that much money, there is no way that like they don't leverage their power in whatever way they can. (laughs) What's the guy's name again? It's um, Narayana Murthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, and he's just, he's like, yeah, he's like the guy that runs up, he runs all the computers in India, right? (laughs) IT computing engineering technician guy yeah yeah, yeah. he's uh yeah he's he's like infosys is one of the biggest tech companies in india and and yeah he's the he's the founder and ceo uh and um 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, we, we've talked about Rishi a little bit in, in one of our first like bad Daisy's episode, uh, Daisy Dialectics. But uh, um, but 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 obviously, you know, Rishi Sunak has you know like presided over this emergency COVID pandemic budget, which has seen him receive praise from a lot of people initially, a lot of liberals yeah. as well, as, uh, especially. When he essentially implemented, you know, like some of the basic principles from the 2019 Labour manifesto. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was obviously forced and extremely yeah, reluctant. Ex- ex- I mean, exactly. like the, inco- the entire economy came to a standstill. Yeah. And yeah, this is, obviously there's a broader point to be made about how free market economics completely uh, shuts down and becomes non-functional during times of crisis like this. But like his, uh, he, yeah, Boris Johnson doesn't really give a shit about economics. He doesn't care about, you know, like whether it's big spending or kind of libertarianism. He's just not fussed about that at all. He just sees himself as kind of the front man of the band. Yeah, he's done something for himself and he's ha- he's happy with himself. You know? Yeah. He's played the game really well and he's got to the top. And that's that. I don't think he's got any um, broader... Yeah. Um, like legacy ambitions or anything he's just happy that he's sitting in the seat right yeah yeah he's, he's yeah. still with brexit as very much as a way for him to you know come into power and like that's something that he's obviously like wanted to do for a very long time uh he's been sort of yeah. making those moves for a very long time and he was sort of in that conversation um but yeah now that he's there he's clearly just not not bothered he just wants to like go on holiday and uh and and have many affairs yeah. and have many children that he never 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 knows the names of you know like 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 we literally don't know how many children the prime minister had like like <laughs> it's just <laughs> like just think about that for a second <laughs> love that for him I mean <laughs> dudes do in fact rock as as uh, as, uh, as I've been told <laughs> there goes my penis. <laughs> And I think that's why he also like endears himself to like a certain kind of guy as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like yeah, exactly. I mean, just like an everyday dickhead. He's like always, always in a bit of exactly. trouble, but never too much trouble. <laughs> and you know, he's he's not the worst man you ever met, but he, you wouldn't like to fucking sit next to him for a very long time in a pub. Yeah. Or like you'd hate to, you'd hate to be near him in a petrol station. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> And he's just not fucking, he's just not fucking interested. <laughs> you know, like that's the Boris Johnson vote. He's just not, because, you know, there was this, it, it always kind of makes you, makes your skin itch a bit when people say that Boris Johnson's like a fascist or whatever, because fascism implies like mobilization, right? It's like mobilizing yeah. to destroy the left. And like, he isn't really that. He's like the voice of demobilization. <laughs> he's like entirely there. To, <laughs> <laughs> he's there to make you fucking just like, Drop out of the doorway and just yeah, fucking Pre- live a Pre- little Pre- life. Patel is a fascist. That's his like, promise. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Boris yeah, Johnson is, is just yeah. a careerist. He's just a he's dickhead, just, man. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, all the, he's just like the worst guy. Of, he's just like the worst guy in your town. You know? <laughs> that's, that's who he is in politics, you know. Yeah, the thing about the whole like fascism analogy as well is like actual, when you look at fascist rhetoric, it's always this sense of uh, like humiliation, decline, and like kind of regarding like a, your own culture as sort of going through this malaise and degeneracy. And yeah. like it's like you you get the complete opposite of that in Boris Johnson. Even though, like, he's clearly very right wing. You know, it's all this kind of faux faux positivity, and you know, like it's kind of like parent shop patriotism. Yeah. It's, 
but then actually well, when you think about yeah that kind of fascist rhetoric um another another potential prime ministerial candidate liz truss and pretty patel and possibly dominic rob uh, rob wrote in 2012 a book called britannia unchained <laughs> um and it's it's incredible looking back at it 10 years on yeah sort of how influential it's been i mean this has this has sort of become the the manifesto which has defined the last decade but when you look at some of the language of it the way it speaks about uh you know negatively about the country it's 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 kind of remarkable it says i'll quote the british are among the worst idlers in the world yeah we work among among the lowest hours we retire early and our productivity is poor whereas indian children aspire to be doctors or businessmen the British are more interested in football and pop music. <laughs> it's, it's like a. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it is. See, this is also it. You know when people, you know when people on like it's um, a Facebook like, post like off this country, <laughs> and they say how much they hate this country. Yeah. I honestly just think like, you know, when you when you you know that that Britannia and chain set, you know those guys like Quasi Quarteng yeah. and Pretty Patel, Rob, a lot, a lot of those guys. They're the guys who, you know, they wrote all that stuff and now they're the same people pumping literal shit into the rivers and oceans yeah. of this country. <laughs> and I always think, like, there's no way that you guys hate this country as much as these <laughs> yeah, guys. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. These people fucking yeah. hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's similar to how, uh, you know, like the, the Seoul report as well, like, reads like a spiked online article. You know, like, this, yeah, this yeah. reads like a fucking Facebook post, which was, uh, which yeah, was essentially, really you know, does. like expanded out into like some manifesto by some really right wing MPs, which eventually set the groundwork for the Tory party for the next decade to come. Who would have fucking thought it? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like you're sort of like your shithead step on, your step down, yeah. right? <laughs> you're like, all you're doing, you're, you're sitting around listening to pop music. Oh, you yeah, disco. Exactly. No, in the bloody third world, yeah, you want to exactly. be doctors. <laughs> People your age, they want to be, they want to be really rich in India. Exactly, exactly. And not not just in the the sort of language it uses, but also its kind of policy prescription. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it talks about uh, kind of stripping back workers' rights, almost yeah. in a kind of punitive way. Like those fuckers deserve it. You know, like we, need to, we need to like kick down a little yeah. bit. Like yeah, when when you start talking about productivity and idling and stuff like that, you're you're basically opening the door for that kind of punitive and really kind of contemptuous action towards working people. <laughs> it's, it's very dark, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, just just ideologically, this book was very much about yeah, like you were saying, stripping back workers' rights, stripping back government regulation, just generally um and yeah just very pro free market and it was you're a skeptic sort of from the get go obviously and like it like like you know like yeah. like like i mentioned uh, you know like these were the people like so uh liz truss dominic rub Preeti patel uh quasi Kwarteng, like a lot of these people were like front bench cabinet ministers today um and yeah. uh and yeah like they they saw the coalition government as as essentially being too soft they were uh, part of the free enterprise group um yeah. and uh, they were considered uh, i think uh, tim montgomery is quoted at the time as as saying uh they're they're osborne's favorites you know <laughs> they're, they're the ones that osborne goes to for for his advice uh and um so yeah i mean like these are the people that were already at the time like trying to steer this this government even further to the right 
Yeah, I think that what what they say about the coalition government with with David Cameron, they 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 think that they got it very right on austerity, so reducing public spending yeah. drastically. But that's only one third of it. They also yeah. want to reduce taxes and exactly. deregulate heavily. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's like a kind of like a triple dose, almost a kind of like like a shock therapy, which you saw in in Russia after mm-hmm. after the Soviet Union. It's um. It's yeah, it's and I think it, we are we are at a kind of crisis point. Like after, you know, after t- 2007, we had this big ideological change towards austerity. We are in that kind of situation where we could um, take a very different different route now. That That's why it's it's so frustrating. I don't I don't think Starmer's got any chance of winning any election. I'm not too no, fussed about it, but not. I feel like. There is currently quite an important like, ideological war, war going on at the moment in this country, which he refuses to to participate in and offer any kind of opposition to at all. So it's it's all it's all one sided, and I think we're we are clearly veering towards that 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 austerity rhetoric, this very right wing supply side economics. You saw in um in October when the budget came out, Rishi Sunak. He he claimed he used the words moral dimension to um to talk about public debt and and the deficit. So it's like getting back to this very kind of old school puritanical approach to to the economy that like yeah. it, it's almost kind of immoral or dirty to to be spending more. It's it you know and it's, it, it gets back to this um. This idea of responsibility, you know, the the right is supposedly the competent ones who care about our future and the families, and the left just wanna just wanna burn things. But it's it, <laughs> it does rhetoric does seem to be going very much in that direction. Yeah, um, and it's and it's obviously um, not being helped at all, like you were saying, by the complete lack of an opposition. You know, because at least under yep. Corbyn's Labour, there was a way to articulate that ideological opposition yeah. into policy demands as well, you know, into a very concrete policy platform. Uh, and, yeah. and yeah, like, I mean, I agree in the sense that like, there is definitely the room for that debate to be happening right now. And I, you know, in some quarters, those discussions are happening. They have been happening for a long time, but I think in terms of like those discussions gaining more of a, more of a mainstream broad platform, and legitimacy i think like that's some something that we're really struggling to see at the moment and that's something that that's a real cause for concern for me is the fact that like uh you know like you've got this almost monolithic supremacy that the tories have politically at the moment like and and like no matter how you know like no matter how much of a, an impact this fucking christmas party or whatever will have had on <laughs> on the johnson government like they'll they'll just replace him with some other dickhead or like they won't even replace yeah. him like they'll realize that he's probably still their best bet and just keep with him. Like, even if he hates it, you know, because at the end of the day, it's about the party and who stays in power. And, um, and, and it's just so difficult to like envision. And, and I know that this is like the start of a new year and we're trying to like maybe be optimistic towards it and stuff, but like, really, it's just so difficult to like envision how this economy is going to go, uh, in, in any direction other than, you know, and like, you know, whatever temporary changes like Sunak was, was like forced to make, for example, over COVID, you know, like it's very clear, for example, like he won't go into lockdown again now because he doesn't want to pay people. It's like, it's so fucking obvious. It's incredible when you think that the entire economy essentially sort of shut down didn't it at one point yeah like the entire economy came to its knees everyone was living on furlough 
mm-hmm. you know, everyone's living hand to mouth from the government yeah. or, you know, the, the supposed sort of pillars of the free market economy just instantly collapsed. And now now we're just walking back into into that sort of paradigm without any reflection, without any, uh, you know, without hesitating at all. I mean, it's, it, it shows the power of of the kind of hegemonic thought that the, the right have over economic thinking and political thinking in this country. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And you, you, you sometimes, I don't know, like um, a few months ago, you know, quite a lot of people you talked to were talking about the school of thought that, you know, there's only like one meaningful political party in this country anymore. And that's, uh, you know, that's the, that's the way power goes down. And it's, it's quite compelling when you see the way uh, a lot of these, you know, so-called Red Wall MPs are adapting to the situation. Mm-hmm. Like all these, like total, you know, in the most part, total jokers, like absolute fucking clowns <laughs> and like so, so fucking third rate. And like they, they just randomly, you know, ended up in these positions because people weren't really like, uh, you know, betting them seriously. Yeah. You know, like th- these are people who yeah. make fucking Jared O'Mara look like Nelson Mandela. That's <laughs> like really fucking like twisted, you know, quite fucked up people. Um, But they're all they're all quite enjoying Westminster yeah. Yeah. and like they're quite interested in uh like sticking around and they're interested in ensuring that they can have some sort of you know wing faction influential faction of the Tory party which is um you know popular rooted in sort of social conservatism uh you know this against this kind of demobilizational lack of interest in the you know the short term or the medium term of uh, this country and they're employing people to like work out you know, what can keep them in these seats as long as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're employing like seven people basically from Pool Together Money just to keep on like researching how they can keep on like basically uh, appeasing like, uh, you know, working class people in like the Midlands, uh, you know, uh, counties like Derbyshire, parts of South Yorkshire, parts of Lancashire and so on and so forth. And like, you wonder what effect that's having on the Tories because that's, that's unusual mm-hmm. that you get this brand new uh block which just springs mm. up and uh you know and in sheer numbers can you know offer some degree of challenge to the old guard it is genuinely interesting yeah yeah and, and especially for the um, what's his name again the guy that ate his fucking book matthew goodwin <laughs> like the oh, matthew yeah. goodwins of the world that guy. <laughs> uh, who love to talk about how you know um about this sort of this 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 monolithic you know, red wall voter base and and, and demographic. It, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see. Like, and because because his whole shtick is about how for Labour to win them back, you know, like they need to, you know, become more right wing, right? So it's just like this this arms race of like racism, right? Like, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like it's like racism, transphobic it's, it's, stuff. It's incredible. Well, so, so, some of it is interesting though, because it's, it's also like. Um, like there was this really interesting FT report, I think, around the time of Labour Party conference, which basically said that um, Labour are going to give up the idea of like funding, uh, you know, offering funding for working class areas in Northern England, right. the Midlands, Derbyshire, and yeah. so on. And it's mostly because like they they have just um, abdicated so quickly the idea that they should be the people like rebuilding these areas mm-hmm. and uh, sorting out left behind areas, you know, flushing them with like investment, new infrastructure new opportunities and so on. Like, they they honestly, the right wing of the Labour Party, in the most part, they saw the Tories doing this. And even when they saw them doing this, there was no room for soul searching. There was no room for thinking, fuck, we should have done that under Blair. Yeah. This is why we're in yeah. this shit. 
actually they've just gone ah oh, well we give up we don't fucking care <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing it is, yeah god uh yeah they were calling it pork barrel politics you know <laughs> and it's like having having fucking like warm rooms in your council houses and pork barrel politics <laughs> having like clean hospitals is a pork barrel politics you fucking cynical assholes having a decent job not working in fucking sports direct your whole life like yeah the, the, honestly yeah, the, yeah. it's so depressing and you can just you can see why you can see why we lost yeah. you know yeah. you really can when you have to you have to you have to rely on these I mean, the labor right is genuinely composed be... of some of the fucking worst people alive like oh, there God. is no no question about that like just those <laughs> some of the most cynical nastiest fucking people alive like uh, <laughs> just um but um but yeah also speaking of you know like people who very much come from the ideological right of the Tory party, you know, like and that, that we've mentioned a few times uh, as uh, a, a potential candidate for, for prime minister, if Johnson is to go, um, Liz Truss, you know, whose profile, whose star is very much seemingly on the rise, it would seem. Yeah. Uh, seem, seemingly on the rise, it would seem. Uh, great, great work there, Arjun. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, m- most recently, of course, having been uh, photographed, I think it was by the Times, right, uh, wearing ludicrously big trousers uh in a pose which can only be described as on the front row of a football team picture <laughs> <laughs> oh she she looked a bit like david byrne in the um once uh once in a lifetime video. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know where he's wearing the huge suit <laughs> it was it's odd she's a she's a strange woman as well like it's yeah. funny that she's they're trying to turn her into this kind of pin-up character she's um <laughs> her, her kind of mannerisms are so odd but, yeah uh, she's she's the y- you can see why she appealed like the the times have just been shilling her so hard uh like she is the very much the kind of cultural culture war candidate you know she spoke out about all like wokery and all of mm. that stuff she like she she made this big speech about um how there's a kind of soft bigotry of low expectations again yeah not that's the word she used towards some um, non-white people in this country you know it's um yeah it's uh she's very much that sort of candidate that what the, what they're looking for and at the is uh foreign secretary she's um she she's expanded a kind of ultra neoconservative um approach she she's um she spoke about uh creating a kind of what she called a democratic alliance against uh china and russia and apparently i assume this alliance includes saudi arabia so <laughs> like i assume it includes like hungary you know yeah. all of these like brazil of bolsonaro it's, and it's, so the, she's been winning all the plaudits for that <laughs> definitely uh there's also just this weird obsession in the british press with like calling any female tory the new iron lady and yeah. it's just like like why do you want to be dominated so badly dude like come on it's okay there's other ways to like there's other ways to explore those urges like you don't need to write these fucking columns man like like as any tory journal called them money, <laughs> this is it wish. right i mean like <laughs> liz truss actually did the uh the thatcher tank uh photo yeah. thing. i think she was in belarus at, at the time 
But yeah, that, that was a clear nod to her. <laughs> she has this um, she has this very weird background as well. She comes from like quite a left wing family. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's... There's a, there's, have you ever seen this photograph of her stood next to the um, Paisley CND? Band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Like her, her, I think her dad is a big lefty academic her dad um, is a math, math I, wonder if he's active, I wonder i wonder if he's been on the ucu strike Solidarity <laughs> <to> be <laughs> but, um, i um yeah I, I saw this photo a while ago and it's it's like her holding the paisley cnd banner oh and God. you just think that's the way she's fucking ended yeah, up yeah yeah yeah. her, her mum was <laughs> if it was your kid it'd make your blood her mum was a, a nurse and a, and a cnd activist and like um yeah, they would go on marches apparently where they would demand Maggie, 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 out, out, out. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so good, man. Um, and uh, one of the, like, just this, this is like, so she like lost twice uh, before she actually got elected uh, in 2010. Uh, she ran twice before that. Yeah, she stood against the mighty John yeah. Trickett, didn't she? <laughs> yes, yeah. She tried... <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and um, and and uh, she had to win over her local activist in 2010, despite being, you know, one of David Cameron's A-list uh, candidates. Uh, and, and those local activists were known as the turnip Taliban in the media because of their disapproval of Truss's <laughs> known extramarital affair. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, wow. it's in Norfolk. <laughs> Shout out to Connor. <laughs> <laughs> but is that That's fucking brilliant. Is that famous for turnips? I'd never heard. I that. don't know. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could, that, I mean it, that's just a really, really good <laughs> Especially if it comes from people in the cities as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking turnip Taliban. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and speaking of her just like being weird and just like, you know, a lot of people have apparently said that like she like just stands like too close to people when talking. To <laughs> Some insiders. Well, her vibes are fucking. They're all the, the way she conducts herself is fucking yeah. off, isn't it? Yeah. Like she she does she's she does represent to some degree like uh the sort of um you know like the the, the sort of closeted Tory base you know like people that don't admit yeah, they yeah, vote yeah. Tory yeah. but you just know you just know in your heart heart that they do <laughs> like she's she is the sort of person that when you're you know when you're a kid. Uh, like the mum of one of your mates in primary school who like doesn't let like her son have fucking uh, any friends yeah. over after school. <laughs> like like that sort of thing, that, you know? That one mum that all the kids are scared of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not because she's necessarily like rough or no. aggressive. She's just fucking a yeah, bit. A bit no off. one likes fucking going near yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean like uh, 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 some MPs apparently took to labelling her de uh, Department of International Trade the Department for Instagram Trust <laughs> because of <laughs> well, I mean, because I of how active bring she is that, on, I think there was on, something on, on the I ground. Think, I... <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody did ask her, like, and it was, I think it was like a similar question to like you know when um someone asked like Pretty Patel like uh you know like what do you enjoy most about your job and she you know essentially says and I'm paraphrasing ever so slightly. But she just says, like, I love, like, 
destroying criminals and make, making them uh, feel like they can't sleep at night when everyone else was saying like, oh, you know, I just love making the country better and doing my bit. Or, you know, I think it was a question like that about some cutesy question that um, I think was offered in the Express or something or the right, right. about parenting. And she was like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, call, I'm called like the phone jailer. My kids call me the phone jailer. They hate me for it. I take the phones off them at night so they can't go oh on social media. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, I mean... On, uh, the, on the topic of Pretty Patel, um, do you, would you still class her as a, as a possible prime minister? I think her stock has fallen quite a bit over the past two years. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'd say that she's probably still too unpopular with the general populace at the moment. But um, yeah, uh, but in given a couple of years, who knows? Um, <laughs> because you know, like as as these increasingly fascist legislations become the norm and you know become accepted and like that rhetoric, mm-hmm. you know, it's like there's once you start going down that path, there is only one way to carry on, you know, and and yeah, you know, like the the rhetoric and the subsequent you know proposals and everything are going to become more extreme as we sort of yeah. move, move forwards, you know? And and the question is, you know, like how much the, the general public is going to take to that. Um, uh, yeah. I, and I would say that there's very much room for, you know, Patel to like really kind of yeah. establish her, her brand of like, yeah, just like far right politics. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I would say probably not just yet. She she came in as the sort of hardline home secretary who's yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. really crack down on immigration and yeah. then Brexit happened. Yeah. And obviously France have, have removed their their controls on, on the on the yeah. border. They're letting um you know, people come across in rafts, you know, and it's kind of a yeah. a political dispute between the UK and France. So you you've seen this increased number of uh people attempt to, to cross the channel. And yeah, she you feel like she she's been gearing up to a more extreme response to um to this. Like she like she's come under a lot of pressure in the right wing press. It's it's kind of interesting that like her entire politics is geared towards pleasing them and they they're giving her so much flack. Oh, it's still not enough, exactly. The 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 yeah. the, the uh, migrants are getting free pizzas. Like that's the the headline <laughs> that the the Daily Mail's going with. You know, like it's still yeah. Like they, the fact that they've literally just passed a fucking nation like na- nationality and borders bill, which criminalizes yeah. helping drowning people in the yeah. channel for up to fucking fourteen years. That's not enough. Yeah. These people yeah. are getting pizzas, <laughs> and that's uh, <laughs> like it's it's. I mean, that's that. This is why I say, you know, like once you start going down this path, and once you start trying to appease these people, it is a fucking uh, racism arms race. You know, like you, there's only yeah. one way that you can possibly go from there, um, which is why it's so 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 terrifying, and why there's very much um, also the room for someone like Priti Patel to like, you know, to 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 come out on top in a situation like that. You know, because I think her instincts are very much favor that kind of politics anyway yeah. you know like i think like when, I she, think when, when I... she was like openly in favor of the death penalty like when she yeah, was like equality yeah. yeah when she was like she was like equalities <laughs> minister at some point and like she'd voted against gay marriage and like, <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 like... i think a, a a big problem as well is like leaving the eu 
like obviously the EU, despite everything the the right wing press in this country says about it, it is tough on migrants. It is Incredibly quite a right wing institution, but it's it's not oh, vicious. Yeah, absolutely vicious. But a lot of it is kind of like a more sort of like soft bureaucratic um, set of obstacles which are put in front of uh, migrants. It's just trying sort of subtly make their lives a bit more difficult. And so like once we we left the EU, all of that le- uh, instantly vanished. So like she has no choice if she wants to do this, getting tough on migration, to just drop the Moab, you know, like do this Nations and Borders Bill, which involves like, yeah, imprisoning people, like lifeguards for 40 years if they, um, <laughs> if they help migrants, yeah, you know, like completely... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, delegitimizing vast swathes of people who seek asylum in this country that that sort of thing that's that's the only way you can implement it you wonder what that's going to look like you know it's fucking mental i mean this is this is also happening now in other parts of the world isn't it i mean um in spain did you follow did you follow what was going on with um miguel roldan no. oh yeah oh so he's this um firefighter trade unionist guy uh who he's involved in some sort of um i don't think a boat is the right way to describe it but Re- he like boat. goes out with a yeah yeah he like volunteers yeah, to yeah. go out with a group of people who have like a relatively big yeah. boat in the mediterranean and they just kind of float around trying to find people to help and he's he's looking at like 20 years inside yeah for um for you know for disrupting what frontex are yeah. up to that's crazy yeah fucking terrifying fucking crazy. you know and i remember you know a lot the fire brigade union in this country particularly you know, they they toured him around the country and um, made him a uh, you know real cause, right? And you think like, God, what what no. fucking what's going on over there? You know, what fucking country does that you know, to its citizens? But, but this is the thing, and, you know, like when, <laughs> here we are. When it comes later, to, you know? like when you were saying about like the EU's treatment of migrants being a little bit sort of more bureaucratic and and subtle, let's say it's not even. You know, like they they stopped the rescue missions. What was it in twenty fifteen uh, or um sort of around that time right and like that's there were multiple major cases like um yeah like german yeah, frontex uh, was kicking the boat yeah like Raketa, like this german woman as well like who was uh on this on the ship like near near italy um uh mm-hmm. and uh like yeah like there was like a major case basically against her because like she uh rescued a bunch of people and brought them to the mainland uh and um yeah like this so this shit has been actually happening and like if they're not actually sanctioning like the use of like tear gas on migrants in Greece, for example, you know? Um, so like so much of this kind of bullshit that you see from people like Priti Patel, it's like, it's, it's just pure posturing, you know, like it's, yeah. um, you know, like so much of this, this, this stuff is like, first of all, not really new in the sense that like, you know, like these, these, um, like, yeah, these things have existed within the EU and like, for example, even like the stripping of citizenship, like we mentioned in the last episode, you know, like the government's actually had these powers for, a, for quite a long time as well. Um, but um, yeah, it's just uh, a, a lot of it is, yeah, like you're saying, just like kind of appealing to right wing tabloids and, and, and their headlines uh, and yeah, cry love emoji Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, like it's yeah like and and once you sort of start going in that direction like i said you know like it 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 can only ever get further and further extreme you know you can only turn the racism dial yeah. further further up especially as like with 
technically nowhere near an election so this isn't this is electioneering it. yet it's going to get a lot more performative as, way worse uh, yeah <laughs> especially then when a lot of the noise around brexit has has kind of dissipated they would we need a new kind of narrative in order to sell sell stuff to to right wing people in this country. It's um, it's quite yeah. It's a it's a bleak few years. I think we're staring down. You know, uh, we actually said this before we started recording, I believe. But you know, speaking of like the Times actually like shilling for uh, really hard for Liz Truss and like trying to give her this massive profile. They also did run yep. this article on the nineteenth of December. Which was entire by I think Kirsty, Kirsty Buchanan, uh, entitled "Unashamed Ambition Put My Rottweiler Ex Boss Liz Truss on the Trail to Number 10, which I personally thought was a little bit surprising, given you know like the kind of profile that they seem to be trying to build uh, uh, of her. But yeah, this this article is pretty scathing, I would say. You know, like it's uh, um, it just starts off by talking about the whole sort of the two thirds of our cheese disgrace speech uh, <laughs> and and the fact that and the fact that this person while working under Liz Truss would apparently um uh yeah su- such toe curling internet fodder would crush a more fragile uh, political ego, but the fo- foreign secretary is made of sterner stuff. She is so thick-skinned as a former aide in our cr- crisis-ridden days of the Ministry ju- of Justice. I would delight in designating whatever disaster had befallen us that day as a disgrace. <laughs> she, would, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she would take this in a stride, but everyone has their limits. Pushing it once too often, I was warmed with a glacial smile that if I mentioned it again, I'd be cleaning the grimy windows at the top of the brutalist Ministry of Justice tower from the uh, from the outside. I never did. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so oh. yeah, I mean, she's, uh, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> she's, uh, she, this, this is the thing, you know, like, uh, you know, she, she's clearly just like got a bit of a, like a nasty streak in her as well. <laughs> she's a bit edgy. She's a bit edgy. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, obviously like, uh, she, it was like Johnson that really like revived her political career back in uh, 2019 because she was like one of the first people to actually endorse Johnson's candidacy. Um, yeah. And uh, because before that, between 2016 and 2019, because she was the justice secretary, right? And she failed to defend the judges who had ruled. <laughs> um, uh, I think it was about the Article 50 declaration. Um, yeah. Yeah, when... The Daily Mail ran the headline "Enemies of the People" and printed the names of those three judges in 2016. Plus, she was she was Remain as well, which is and she was Remain at the time exactly. She completely reversed all of that. I think she said she said in an interview afterwards that like I would have voted Brexit had I had it been now. Like she yeah um, she tried to sell this whole narrative that she'd she'd come around to these benefits we're experiencing from Brexit like. So, I mean, I would say in a sense, like her taking over after Johnson, it would be quite apt even, you know, like, I mean, Johnson's kind of like, almost like, yeah, like I said, sort of revived her political career. And I mean, she's she's like a firm supporter of like Johnson's political program or whatever you might want to call that. Um, uh, but is very primed to kind of like carry that on, but probably in a, in a more actually ideological from an actual ideological drive, uh, because, yeah, she clearly does believe in a lot of this, like, 
crazy libertarian <laughs> free market nonsense. Uh, she's like she's like associated <laughs> yeah. with like Adam Smith Institute and the IEA and shit like that. So like you know, so <laughs> yeah, maybe another candidate for the left wing parents to shithead children pipeline. Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no, a real solid candidate. Yeah. <laughs> And she went from Lib Dem to Tory, which is like almost worse, oh, you know. God. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it, it doesn't even speak like you've, um, you know, neglected your children. Just it kind of just feels like you've like taught them badly <laughs> and they've misinterpreted things, and you know they just don't get it very much. You know? <laughs> oh god! But and there was that video of her calling for the abolition of the monarchy. Did what? you see this? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Yeah, so she used to be. So she used to be on the. Um, the uh, national executive of the Young Lib Dems, and she passed some uh, motion. Uh, actually, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure she okay. did, you know, win it through the vote. But um, she did do a speech talking about how uh, we do need to abolish the monarchy. <laughs> and true liberal, true liberalism is republican, and all this sort of stuff. Wow, it's an odd watch because she's she's still got um, she's still got that fucking uh, you know, her demeanor is still fucking uh, you know, a bit. You know, as we said, Lynch. Yeah. Lynch you know? <laughs> the monarchy thing—that that could be a big deal because I feel like we're um, it, it we're approaching a period in which it's gonna become a hot topic. You know, as oh, yeah. as Prince Andrew, you know, the Virginia <laughs> keeps filing papers uh, to try and get him to New York. <laughs> I think there is gonna be a political response in this country. Like, do you remember in two thousand and nineteen? It was um. In the debate, uh, Boris Johnson said the the royal family is beyond repute. Yeah, in yeah, response yeah. to the the kind of Epstein exactly. allegation, and I, I feel like the the main response is going to be kind of doubling down on that. Beyond reproach, uh, that was it. Beyond reproach. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a... yeah. Labour have got to smash him with exactly. that man. If anything, just to um offset all the Keir Starmer, Jimmy Savile stuff. <laughs> Well, and also well, they've mean, got Peter Mandelson in the party now. And also, su- oh, and also yeah, supposedly course, Boris yeah, Johnson yeah. had an affair with Glenn Maxwell, according to his own yep. sister. So, <laughs> according, according to his own sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> well, you know, it, it does say that he was physically close to her. He was physically close to Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No doubt about I that. Mean, I mean, like very, like in in very not so subtle terms. <laughs> um, so is he... Oh, it's it's such a disgusting ruling oh, class, isn't it? It is. It's like it's like that fucking Pasolini film, Sallow. They're all just so fucking. It is. It is. We are decadent. living through Sallow. We are living through Sallow. We have been for <laughs> like <laughs> God knows how long now, and it's just become so normalized that like we just consider this to be the fucking baseline. <laughs> So like if there was if there was an election now, it would be between Boris Johnson, who may have had an affair with Glenn Maxwell, and Keir Starmer, who's being advised by Peter Mandelson, who was a good friend of Jeffrey Epstein. There's photos of them just like shopping together and stuff. And like around Checking the world... out the size of the fish that they've caught. <laughs> and like around the world, the biggest story about the UK is this this scandal. Obviously, Ghislaine Maxwell, she was found guilty of sex trafficking. Prince Andrew is going to get called to, to court in New York soon. And yet neither candidate would be able to talk about it. Uh, or... whoever, whoever wins, Jeffrey Epstein wins. <laughs> We've literally got two Epstein candidates, candidates in the, amazing. if there was an election. Epstein, man. It's amazing. It's amazing. 
Oh, what an age. What, what an a age. time to be alive. I mean, I mean, according to Liz Truss, her Britain remains a nation of Airbnb, delivery, eating, Uber riding, freedom fighters. And uh, that's the country that she that's the country that she wants to uphold. So, hey, yeah, just looking ahead, uh, it's just difficult to to see. Yeah, like what might even possibly topple this? This disgusting <laughs> fucking Tory rule, because um, it's certainly not going to be this fucking Labour Party. Um, and uh, yeah, like I mean, I, I guess the only thing that we can really do is just revel in the in in the absurdity of it all, really. So uh, yeah, just just a huge thanks for for coming on today to do that with us, Marcus. <laughs> uh, oh, it's, it's all right, mate. Thank you very much. I loved it. Um, yeah, had a, had a lot of fun. Uh, would you like to plug anything? Any any social medias where people can find you, etc. Uh, before we do go, uh, oh, not not much. Um, I'd say uh, I uh, read Michael Rosen's new book, uh, Many Different Kinds of Love, yesterday. Oh, oh yeah. Um, and I think that that's the one thing I plug. It's really, really good. Wicked. Um, it's fucking amazing. And um, you know, if you want to uh, be reminded of like the good that's in this country, it's definitely, definitely worth reading that. Uh, Michael Rosen <laughs> always, uh, um, OG. But uh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, a big thanks for today. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, and, and as always, I'm Arjan at Arjanistan on Twitter. And I'm Rory at All My Apes Are Hacked. <laughs> <laughs> we are at Leftover Pod on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash Leftover Pod. Our premium episode is coming out next week on Monday. So, I mean, yeah, this will drop on Friday. It'll be out a few days after that. So keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a lot of fun um yeah uh and uh yeah huge thanks to, to everyone that is supporting as well obviously and, and a huge thanks if you are able to help as well and kind of considered it please do it helps us a lot uh massive thanks to connor as always for production huge thanks to cardio for the music big thanks to everyone for listening and we'll catch you all next time cheers and you may find yourself living in a shotgun shack and you may find yourself in another part of the world and you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. And you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself.